0: Welcome to Just Bugs, an appreciation podcast for those oft ousted creatures we humans call bugs, despite their official classifications. I'm your host, Savannah, and today I have my co host, Matt, with me.
1: There's no Matt here. There's oh. only the Goblin Man.
0: Ooh, Goblin Man. I like it.
1: Are goblins Halloween?
0: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I ran out of creatures. Oh,
0: no. It's so good, though. <laughs>
1: I will still be a goblin <laughs> Okay,
0: great. As uh, you can tell by <laughs> Matt's sc- spooky goblin, we are continuing our Halloween month bug episodes. Yes. woot! woot.
1: There's so many weeks in October.
0: Right? <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> yes, this week is a very special listener request episode. This one is very special because the listener who requested it also sent in a little voice message like, as their request, and it's a younger listener, and it's maybe the cutest thing that's ever happened.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, just let me know when you want to play it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, like, particularly spooky, but it's very cute. I will play (laughs) it now. I did get permission from mom to play it, so here we go.
1: Hi, my name's Kenzo, and I'm calling from Japan. I... I'm nine years old, and I've loved bugs ever since I was born, and I want to learn more about them, so I'm doing a listener request to learn more about the Deathstalker Scorpion. Thank you for doing these podcasts. They're really fun. That's amazing. Isn't that the cutest thing ever? Oh, man. I can't imagine loving something since I was born.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kenzo can. Yes.
1: He's an X-level fan. (laughs)
0: Yes. So, as you heard in that cute little request there, this is for the Death Stalker Scorpion.
1: Yes, thank you for the request, and I like this idea of audio requests. So, if anyone else has requests, maybe you can send audio files, and if they're decent, I can stick them in the episode.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. It was very heartwarming. I um, I maybe teared up a little bit. That's all.
1: But no, <laughs> maybe I definitely.
0: I, okay, maybe definitely. <laughs> But yeah, let me tell you all about the Death Stalker scorpion. I thought it was appropriate because it has death in the name and also because later you'll find out some stuff.
1: And yeah, land lobsters are creepy.
0: Yeah, for some people. I think they're <laughs> awesome, but <laughs> but that's just me. So the scientific classification is a little bit harder. I'm going to try my very best. My very, very best. It is Leurus Quinquestriestus.
1: I mean, it sounds good to me.
0: Quinquestriestus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have to
1: just say it like a magic spell.
0: I think I did that.
1: You did? (laughs) Okay.
0: That big long word roughly translates to five-striped smooth tail. Fun name. It is the scientific name that is most often referred to when people talk about this bug. It's more because um the importance of safety and avoiding confusion than anything else. But like if somebody is referring to them in like a scientific manner or like they're talking about procuring, procure- what is the word I'm Pe-curing? using? Procuring? Procuring? I can't. Procuring? <laughs> There's no way I'm pronouncing that.
1: Pure
0: curing. I can't do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> procuring.
0: Sure. That, that, if they're trying to get one, they will usually <laughs> use the scientific name For it. They are from the family Boothidae? Boothidae. And other species, or other species from this genus, the Laurus. are also referred to as death stalkers, which is why it gets kind of confusing. So that's why they always do the scientific name.
1: Okay, is like the the leg segment and color thing. Is that something like how you identify like a snake? Like it'd be like, oh, don't look for you know black with yellow diamonds; those ones will kill you, or something. Is it something like that?
0: No, because they look a lot like a lot of other scorpions. Oh, yeah. So that's why they have to be really specific about like this is the one we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. They are arachnids, they are scorpions. They do go by a few other names. Palestine Yellow Scorpion, Omdurman that sounded wrong. Omdurman Scorpion, Naquab Desert Scorpion, and apparently lots of other names that come from the commercial exotic animal trade. But I don't know all those ones.
1: Well the death one is the coolest for I sure. I agree.
0: Death Stalker Scorpion can't <laughs> beat it. They are rather large. Not the like the biggest ever, but they're pretty big. They range from 30 to 77 millimeters, which is like one to three inches.
1: Okay, yeah, it's not that big.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they they the average there is like fifty eight millimeters to so like two ish
1: inches. This is where I always get stuck. Is it body length or is it body and appendages length? That's where I'm always like because mm. bo- I always think like when I measure bugs in body usually.
0: I see. A lot of the so times when we do these sizes, it's like wingspan stuff. Yeah. But for a scorpion, I'm not sure. Maybe it's like the front of their head to the tip of their tail. That makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah.
1: So that makes them a little bit tinier, but still, they're a little still pretty big. Than,
0: yeah, they're still, they're still a decent size. They're not like huge. And they typically weigh around three grams.
1: You pick one up, this is about exactly <laughs> three grams. I don't know, it's just something that doesn't process in my brain.
0: I think you is put them like, on a the scale.
1: Is that like whole, like three peas? Is that like the same weight? I don't know.
0: Next time I'll find out. for Five
1: peas. Yeah, I'm let me put know
0: exactly. <laughs> I will weigh it myself. <laughs> they are a tan grayish color on their like cephalothorax, and then their legs, pincers, and tail are like a bright yellow or like a creamy yellow, and they have you know two pettipops, which are their pinchers. Their pinchers are counted separately from their legs because they come before them. (laughs) And they're very useful. They use them, they, they have little sensitive hairs all over them and they use them to sense their surroundings and also for eating. They also have eight legs. They're arachnids, they need those. On their legs, they have these little, well, they're like ears. They're not ears, but they're like little slits that are special organs on their feet to help them sense vibrations in the substrate. Oh wow! You like navigate yeah. and hunt with them.
1: I can't see any of those, but it, <laughs> in, the, in the picture I'm looking at, they do have kind of like a, a mild translucence to them, maybe mm-hmm, yeah. or they're something. Not, like, Fully opaque. This might be gross, but they kind of remind me of like fingernails.
0: That is gross. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. At least the trend, you know, the mild translucence. Sure. Not sure, like sure. they're made. It's like a fingernail monster. That's disgusting.
0: Although, I mean, like I think a lot of the times exoskeletons are made out of like similar stuff, not. The same stuff that your nails are made of, but, like, a similar type of Yeah. See, I'm not that
1: far off, maybe. No, not
0: really. Yeah, yeah. You're somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, and that's weird. So, they can sense, you said, vibrations through the dirt with their leg ears?
0: Yeah, with their leg ears. Yes, yeah. They use them to navigate and also to hunt.
1: That makes sense. So, if you, like, if they hear something, like, footsteps within a certain radius, they could probably scurry off or whatnot.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Or scurry forward.
1: If they, yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. they recognize the pattern of their victim. Exactly. <laughs> the pitcher patter patter.
0: They also use their pinchies for hearing and sensing stuff. So it's huh? like huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's making a little like. Clap.
1: I'm making pinchers and listening. <laughs>
0: yeah. It looks like he's trying to talk with a hand puppet. But
1: yeah. <laughs> just picture hey, that. That's what I imagine it looks like.
0: <laughs> they do have quite a few eyes, they've got two tops. Or two tops, two pairs on the top of their head, as well as two to five pairs that are in like the front corners. You can't really see those ones so much. It's more mostly just the two on the top that you can see, but they have terrible vision. Like just go- that many awful. eyes
1: and then yet they're bad mm-hmm. you'd think more eyes would be better vision
0: well they're all simple eyes so they mostly see using those same like,
1: oh i get hearing it they're like those self-driving eyes. cars they have like sensors on the top and exactly. on the front on the sides and then they, they just sense like movement or light changing yeah,
0: you got it that's exactly yeah. right
1: okay so <laughs> bugs are just just self-driving cars or self-driving cars are just bugs
0: that's better mm-hmm. more accurate i think
1: I was just imagining a car with, like, legs instead of wheels. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So much more complex.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, they mostly see using their feet and their pinchies.
1: I really like that. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. But when it does come time to attack, they do use their simple eyes just to see, like, exactly where that prey item or predator is. Mm. So they're they're useful in one exactly one way.
1: <laughs> I mean that's what all they need them for. That's right. I think yeah bugs are always like very functional with their anatomy. They ain't got anything extra.
0: No, certainly not. Yeah, I except like that. for the earwigs with the two situations. Oh, that's mm. right. That's but, right. But usually that was, that was a, a thing
1: from the it's back redundancy. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: They do have an anatomical defense. Can you guess what it is?
1: Oh, they're ugly. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> other bugs are like Ugh, and they leave. <laughs>
0: no not at all it's their stinger
1: yeah no it looks pretty sharp
0: it, yeah it is pretty sharp it also contains a highly potent venom it is effective against both vertebrates which are their prey species or nope In vertebrates, which are their prey species, and mammals, so vertebrates, which are predators. Right. There there are two main components of the venom that are at play here, one targeting each type of those animals. Now, now there are other components of the venom that I'll get to later, but generally these two, there's two that play like a major role in defense and offense, and and then the others play like assistive roles. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll break all of that down later. (laughs) They are located in North Africa through the Middle East. Lots of territory in this range. It includes parts of the Sahara, Arabian, and Thar Deserts. They're also found in Central Asia from Algeria to Mali, all the way west to Egypt, Ethiopia, and the Arabian Peninsula, and then east to Kazakhstan and most of India.
1: My guess would be they enjoy drier climates. Not that I know all those places by any means, but you know, certainly
0: some. warmer climates. So yeah. within these range, they do localize to like scrublands and deserts. They like well, it's a it scrubland.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it's just like, like a, a huge open place full of like brushes and I think it's like scrubbing picture mechanisms.
0: picture where lions live. I think that's the scrublands.
1: Oh, I thought that was called Pride Rock.
0: Okay, well that's the Lion King's <laughs> oh, okay. land. So just real lions.
1: Not normal lions. That's I think like that's their, what their, I that's their capital. Right. It's not like the <laughs> yes. their normals their normal stomping grounds. Got Correct. it. Correct
0: sure anyways they like it pretty warm interestingly their big bulbs on the end of their tails that house their stingers also are used as a thermometer so the bulbs can sense temperature in their environment i didn't know this
1: oh maybe they're not stinging people maybe they're just checking their temperature
0: false um (laughs) but i like it it's a good it's a good image there
1: and that bulb yeah it's kind of like a i don't know like a lemon with a poker on it
0: yeah kind of
1: like a pokey lemon
0: like a very pokey lemon yeah yes (laughs) They actually also use their legs, not just for vibrations, but also to sense humidity because they like it humid, you know, like bugs do.
1: Yeah, they usually like that wet dirt.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes. They are carnivorous, so mostly they are. Oh, they don't
1: just sting berries.
0: No. <laughs> Aw, that's cute though. <laughs> I really like, to, like that. Grab
1: them off the bushes and pull them down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah,
0: that's what. I better. wish that's what they were doing. No, not at all. They're mostly insectivores. They eat invertebrates, terrestrial arthropods, and terrestrial worms. Specifically, they like small insects, spiders, centipedes, and earthworms, as well as other scorpions.
1: Yeah, whatever they can get, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: The juicier the better, though. Probably. Yeah. <laughs>
0: probably. I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> certainly the case for spiders. They like it pretty juicy. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure about for scorpions. They are not especially fast compared to a lot of other bugs, which is like interesting because they're predators, right? Well... They're ambush predators. Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. As long as they're stingers fast, I wouldn't think it matters that much how fast they are.
0: Exactly, yeah. So to hunt, they use their little pinchers, their pedipalps, and their feet ears, their pectins, that's what the official names for those are called, uh, to sense the vibrations in the ground to detect incoming prey. They'll hide underneath wood or bark or stone or any other thing that conveniently um, conceals them. them. Yeah, Yeah,
1: conceals is good. Yes,
0: yes. And then they wait to ambush the unsuspecting victim.
1: Very cool. I wonder if they put out bait first, or they just kind of... I think they
0: just, just, just kick it. Yeah, They're like Mm-hmm-hmm. bait's <laughs> too obvious for them. <laughs> yeah. So for this species, they grab and then sting the prey, and then once it's incapacitated, they use their pinchers to draw the prey in towards their mouth to eat them.
1: So does the the poison in their stinger? Does that like... uh Is that like a neurotoxin, or so they like lose? full body function or they go to sleep or they just die. Mhm, she's just nodding <laughs> repeatedly,
0: so their venom is a neurotoxin, it actually has quite a few. I'll talk about that pretty extensively later, but yeah it it pretty it pretty much kills them. It's not gonna really incapacitate so much as much as it's going to just murder them okay, immediately, okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, but the larger the prey, the the more the required. more we yeah we're talking about here, but um they're, they're pretty potent.
1: I'll say.
0: I will say. But yeah, if they're try- trying to to like evade a large predator, it's not necessarily gonna kill it, depending on the predator. Gotcha. Yes. So speaking of predators, large mammals, centipedes, and other scorpions. Centipedes just they are all just eating everything out there.
1: I mean, yeah, they they kinda like don't really have any preferences.
0: They're just like, oh, it's moving? Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna eat that.
1: <laughs> they do a good job with it.
0: They really do. They're very good at what they do. But They, these species are interchangeable. So like the, not interchangeable, but the centipedes eat scorpions, the scorpions eat the centipedes. And then whoever
1: wins be a cool fight to watch.
0: Yeah. Did you know that they have like whole YouTube channels dedicated to like different types of bugs fighting each other to the death?
1: Hmm. Seems a little inhumane. Yeah. In bug main, I don't know. It's
0: fine. I don't (laughs) like it. I've never actually watched It would be cool
1: to see in nature, but to like force it seems a little much. I
0: don't like it, but it does exist.
1: Very cool. Just in case and that's something
0: bad. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for reproduction. Boop, 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 boop.
1: Is that the song for reproduction? It is now. Boop, doop, I'm doop, definitely
0: boop. gonna forget that. <laughs> boop, boop, boop,
1: boop. We'll have to have boop, a new boop, boop. song every time then.
0: Oh man. Okay, I'll work on it. I'll try <laughs> to remember. So, not too much is known about how this specific species mates, but we do know kind of a lot about how most scorpions mate. They utilize vibrations in the substrate. That's their whole game. Yeah, it's really. all
1: vibrations.
0: <laughs> not only to Feel find the prey. Feel the rhythm. Oh, I like yeah. it. It's nice. They, they use these vibrations not just to find their prey or evade predators, but also in finding potential mates and also in avoiding interactions that may become violent with other scorpions.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So, they use their leg-like pectins for this, those little slit ears.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, the males locate the females using pheromones that the females give off to find their ladies. And then, apparently, when the male has found the female, he will sometimes start, like, shaking like uncontrollably. <laughs> Like with a crazy excitement? person. Yes. <laughs> Scientists call it juddering, <laughs> but they just
1: shake. That's called jittering.
0: Not for these guys, it's juddering with two Ds. <laughs>
1: Maybe jittering is up and down and juddering is left or right. I like it. Who knows?
0: <laughs> but yeah, they just like vibrate. Um <laughs> uh, the males typically then grab the females by the claw and they dance around. And some species have their tails that will like touch or like inter- intertwine around each other. Aww. Seems so cute, right? Yeah, it does. It's not. No. So basically, <laughs> basically, the reason for this, the primary reason that the male grabs the female to perform this is because females very often perform sexual cannibalism. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the males are seen as viable prey before things even get started. So, so,
1: so she's like, ooh, food. And then he's like, like wait. oh, mating and food.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Nice. He's like, wait, don't do it. And he grabs her little pinchies and that's why that happens. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. So as they are dancing, if you will, the males will leave a spermatophore gift on the ground for her and then move her over it so she can collect it. And then once the deed is done, the female eats him.
1: He doesn't try to boogie out? I'm
0: sure he tries. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of a to I wonder to her, what the
1: success rate is.
0: I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Hmm. Wait, hard. and also can a, can a scorpion sting a scorpion? Like, yeah, they don't have defenses against their own stuff. Mm. Hmm. Interesting.
0: It's pretty also potent. poor design. Mm, um, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note, most scorpions are viviparous. I have confirmed by photo evidence that this is true for this species, based on an Instagram photo that you were actually looking at, Matt. I don't it, know what that means. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> viviparous means that they give live birth, so oh. the young receive vital nutrients while still inside mom's uterus.
1: That's super weird. Yeah, that's something I did not know very much of before we started this podcast. I know, is that isn't that so cool? Bu- some bugs give live birth, that's so weird. I know. And so cool.
0: I love it, I think it's awesome. Yeah, so this can only happen in two ways depending on the species. It's either through an embryo and uterine wall like a placenta like we have or through active transport which only happens if there's an extra embryonic membrane present which is complicated. It is. But, but <laughs> just know that they they will give live birth.
1: Very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you must tell me, do they look like small versions of themselves? They
0: do indeed. Yeah, the young young come out actually pretty large, and most of them like molt several times before reaching maturity, but they always look like tiny versions of the adults when they're born.
1: That's great. I wonder if that's true for all arachnids, because yeah, I can't imagine something that ridiculous coming out as like a a chubby worm, you know.
0: You just blew my whole mind. I feel like it probably (laughs) does happen for all arachnids, and now I have to look, and I didn't, and now I feel bad. Maybe this is a future Savannah moment. I don't know if I want to deal with that.
1: (laughs) You brought it up. you you Uh, rolled it into existence already.
0: That'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi. It's future Savannah. I looked it up and Matt was right all arachnids do have young that look like the adults. Most will lay yolky eggs that when emerge look like tiny versions of the adults. While the scorpions have the live birth, they still have young that look like tiny versions of the adults. Matt was right. Now back to the episode. (laughs) But yes, they can actually live. So how long do you think they live? I don't want to tell you anything.
1: Oh, forty-seven Oh, uh, 47 years.
0: That's like way too long, but I really <laughs> love the guess.
1: I really love you it. You told me to guess. <laughs> you didn't say guess accurately.
0: That's fair. It's anywhere from four to 25 years. Oh, still a long That was
1: close. Yeah, it was 47,
0: only, 25 totally Only close.
1: double wrong.
0: Right, but I mean, like, that's still a long time.
1: Mm, that is a long time. What are they doing? Obviously they're not well, I guess it's mostly females that are living that long.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much always the case. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, always the females are living way longer. Yes. So they are a pretty solitary species, as I'm sure you can guess why.
1: Why why wouldn't they not have friends? (laughs) They eat everything that moves and they don't have friends?
0: Yeah. It's weird, right? So are they dangerous?
1: I would like to think, yeah, they seem that way.
0: They are. They totally are. So, we actually haven't covered too many truly dangerous bugos up to this point. This, however, is a danger boy, danger girl, probably danger both. Danger both. <laughs> they, uh, they are one of the most dangerous scorpion species. Their ve- venom contains six neurotoxins. I'm break them down for you.
1: All right. Okay. Only six.
0: Sort of. So there's, a, there's chlorotoxin, which blocks small, condu- small conductance chloride channels. So real quick and very vague science lesson, the cells and plasma membranes in the body work by allowing certain molecules in and out of them mm. to send messages to the rest of the body. So like that's how the different parts of your body are able to communicate with each other.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So this blocks a channel that does that
1: so like commanding your arm to move with your brain kind of thing could it's block something like that. So
0: much more complicated.
1: Than I was that. just trying to make it
0: But yes. Yeah, yes. So very simple. So yeah, here I'll give you I'll give you an examples, example. So there's another one, a different toxin called charyb- charybdotoxin, which blocks calcium activated potassium channels which causes hyper excitability in the nervous system. So it works on the nervous system mm-hmm. and it makes you like Wow! All over the place. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is actually this toxin was named after a Greek sea monster, uh, Charybdo. Oh, Charybdis. Yeah.
1: Charybdis. Did, was it real?
0: It was Greek and mytho- mythological, so not particularly. Oh. Not that Greek people aren't real; they certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> mythological sea monsters, not not as much debated. In my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion probably not.
1: <laughs> debated. <laughs>
0: There's another toxin here, the psyllatoxin, which blocks calcium-activated sodium channels instead of calcium-activated potassium channels, and is also named after a Greek mythical sea monster. Very cool. Scylla, which is, in Greek mythology, these two monsters actually lived on on rocks on either side of a river. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, right?
1: It is interesting. <laughs> I was just wanting them to be real the whole time. Uh,
0: maybe they're real. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny but probably not. Then there are three other neurotoxins called agitoxins, and they have three different types, one, two, and three, all present in this scorpion. They are a little bit more complicated, but essentially they block sodium ion channels. That's as deep as I'm going to get into it. And then there's a seventh component that's not necessarily considered a neurotoxin, but it is pretty dangerous anyways. It's named after this scorpion. It's LQ2. Because okay. the scientific name has L and then Q. and mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So it blocks several very specific potassium channels. It blocks all three types of potassium channels, which I'm not going to get into. That's way too much science. But what does all of this mean? Like all of these neurotoxins yes, together. together. Like what does that mean for someone who, who is stung? Their venom is super powerful. That's kind of how that works when you have a big mix of toxins. They're utilized to affect broad spectrums of prey and, and predators.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Like, the, it makes it more versatile.
0: Exactly. And and because it works on so many different kinds of channels, it doesn't require that much to become lethal. So, it is unlikely that a healthy adult would be killed by this sting. But children, elderly, people with heart conditions, they're all going to be at very high danger levels with this one. Dang. Yeah. So... Yes. And anaphylaxis is always possible. So even if you're a healthy adult, if you're allergic, yeah, you're done. So <laughs> the sting is actually said to be pretty excruciatingly painful, regardless of the outcome. So that's good. And the death from this sting is normally from pulmonary edema, which means excess liquid in the lungs. So you can't like breathe. Oh,
1: wow. So that's nice. That sounds terrible.
0: Yeah, not good. So there was a long term study done in Israel that also found that people who are stung with this have a high frequency of developing pancreatitis from this scorpion sting, which in and of itself is a pretty deadly disease, if not taken care of properly.
1: Great. So it's like you get stung, you live and you're like, oh, thank goodness. And then you have like a terrible disease after Geez, why are they why are they overcompensating so much? It doesn't seem like it needs to be this crazy.
0: I will actually get that get into that as well, and all like right. why they're doing that for sure. So, what does it look like when you're stung by one of these? We mentioned like an the it's certainly
1: <laughs> like an ouchie <laughs> right here.
0: <laughs> it's probably like an ouchie. So, we mentioned the extreme pain that is going to be there. There's also going to be swelling at the injection site, and then you're going to get headaches, nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramping, and diarrhea. So that's all nice. We love those combinations together. Yeah. Super fun, and then the venom over time will cause things like convulsions and paralysis and fluid retention, like we spoke about pulmonary edema. Mm. Right, those are all things that can happen. Those don't always happen, but they do. You know, sometimes result in death by respiratory failure.
1: Great, mm-hmm. probably the most painful. And
0: not a good way to scary go. Scary way to go. Yeah, yeah, not a great way to go for sure. So, is there treatment? There is an antivenom for death stalker scorpion stings. Envenomation by the death stalker is considered a medical emergency no matter who is stung. So even if you're a healthy adult, you have to go to the emergency room Mm. for sure. It's not going to be fun regardless. So just go. And the antivenom is a treatment, but the venom is usually pretty resistant to treatment. So it requires very large quantities of antivenom to work. Mm. And even in those cases, I mean... Antivenom can have some pretty serious side effects.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked much about it.
0: Yeah, and I don't really get into it too much here, but it is a thing to consider. It can cause some problems on its own. So it's a tough, tough bag when you're stung by something super
1: dangerous. Well at least there's one bad. option.
0: Right. So secondary issue here. Um, None of the existing anti-venoms for this species are approved by the Food and Drug Administration. So if you live in the United States and are stung by one of these, it's Only going... The antivenom is only going to be available as an investigational drug treatment and would likely not be super available in your typical U.S. hospital.
1: Oops. Well, you said that these things were not readily available or uh, around this unless it's for pets.
0: mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're not native to the States, but this is becoming an issue for exotic pet owners because, yes, people own these as pets.
1: Yeah, good pick.
0: (laughs) Well, they live a long time, but yeah, yeah. that's
1: true 25 but, years. I wonder yeah. if you could be friends and it wouldn't attack you, but I doubt it.
0: I mean, if they can't be friends with other species,
1: you know what, themselves, you could put a tiny cork on their stinger, yeah, that might help.
0: Might help, <laughs> don't cut it off though, that's so mean.
1: Just imagine it's just like poking with like a little cork it's like, doing hint, nothing. Hint,
0: hint, hint, hint. <laughs> Cute. I love that. Um, this is also an issue for U.S. military if they're stationed in places where these live. So they would have the antivenom nearby in these areas, but it can get kind of complicated due to the context of why a U.S. citizen would be in those areas. Mm. You know, war stuff. Yeah. Right. So while the death rate for an untreated healthy adult is only 1%, it's so like not that bad. That's oh, not bad. But it's still 1%. The species does contribute to the 2,600 deaths by scorpion stings that occur annually. Um, And because there's only 25 species of scorpions that have ever killed anyone, their contribution is likely somewhat high.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) a lot per year. That's like more than other things.
0: That's why I mentioned it's a danger boy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, one of the things that happen a lot, it's like falling coconuts kill a lot of people yeah. landing on their heads getting vending
0: machines
1: getting crushed by vending machines yeah, yeah. and scorpions yeah everybody. but this is like
0: very low numbers compared to some of those things but yes 2600 deaths by scorpion stings annually they contribute to this somehow i'm not sure the exact numbers i couldn't get that probably with down
1: neurotoxin it. and pokies
0: definitely that's <laughs> how you're right <laughs> but um this is especially likely that they contribute highly to that number when you consider that they are known as one of the most dangerous scorpion species so
1: yeah yeah Uh, tracks
0: yeah so what role do they play in their environment they are pretty good for their environment they eat prey so they keep the species numbers in checks they also feed predators like most most animals do and they're not invasive so all in all they're pretty good for their environment just not always so good
1: for humans Yeah, so they do fine as long as you're careful around them or not near them,
0: or just leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. So, are they rare? They haven't been evaluated by the IUCN. We've talked about that before. It's just the people who decide whether or not stuff is danger endangered, basically. Yeah. But in general, scorpions are pretty specific in where they can and cannot habitate and survive, and they not they're not often protected. In those areas, like as a protected species. So the likelihood of them being threatened is kind of higher. Some other things or some specific things that could negatively affect these scorpions include habitat destruction, humans collecting them for the pet trade, or humans killing them for souvenirs or taxidermy. Those are all things that happen. So they are all things that could contribute to whether or not they are common in their areas or endangered.
1: Oh, question. We didn't talk about how often they are reproducing. Because if they live for 25 years, are they having multiple young a year?
0: You just, are you're just on it today. Literally the next sentence. All right. <laughs> well then. In addition to these factors, scorpions have a bit of a disadvantage in that their litter sizes are pretty small. They live for a long time, can only produce a certain amount of offspring in their lifetime. And the mortality rate for those that are not sexually mature is actually rather high. So like if a female has not reached Maturity, she is at a greater risk for mortality Mm. than somebody who has. Now, if this makes sense, this kind of structure, because the bigger a species is and the longer that it lives, typically the less offspring it's going to have. It's kind of like we work. Yeah. So they're one of those species. So that does play a pretty big Mm, role for them, unfortunately. Yeah. So poor guys. I have a lot of cool stuff to tell you guys about though. So one. Kind of cool thing that these guys contribute is that they're, one of their neurotoxins has been very pivotal in cancer research. We talk about that a little bit sometimes. This one is, like, utilized, which is really cool. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The chlorotoxins have a preference to grab on to certain brain tumor cells. So it's been implemented in treatment and diagnosis of cancers that have these types of tumors. So, like, brain cancers. Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. They actually use it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't... It's nice to have a use for something so terrible. I mean, nature's interesting.
0: It sure is, isn't it? (laughs) The next fun fact that I have for you is um, kind of just like a helpful fact for people. There is a rule of thumb to tell whether or not a scorpion is dangerous. Now, it's not foolproof and it's not always accurate, but it's certainly true for these guys and it can be true sometimes. So, you know, use caution, Yeah, yeah. but this is something that can help you. If a scorpion has small pinchers and a large bulb on its stinger, it's likely dangerous. The reason that this makes sense is that scorpions with large pinchers like to rely on strength to take down their prey and avoid predation. So that's true for scorpions like the emperor scorpion that we covered or the giant forest scorpions. They they do have venom, but they won't necessarily cause you a lot of harm unless you're allergic because they're not focusing all their energy on their sting. It's mostly the pinchies. And their sting feels kind of like a bee sting.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Cause like we in like movies and stuff, we often use like scorpions with really big claws and stuff because mm-hmm. they, they look really intimidating. Yeah. But this makes sense. If you got a huge stinger, like that's obviously what they're prioritizing. So exactly. So s- yeah, scorpions with the
0: little pinchies use their pinchers to bring pre-debilitated prey to their mouths. Their pinchers are pretty ineffective against predators, hence the nasty, more potent venom. Mm. Yeah. So they're overcompensating with their takedown juice. Like you there mentioned you at the beginning. That's why. It's because their pinchers are small.
1: Yeah. And I was trying to, I was hinting towards like, can you identify nasty ones versus non nasty ones? And, and I guess didn't we didn't
0: know. You're just, you just well, get thinking like a snake now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing over there.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. So new fun fact. There are, well, this one's not so fun, but it is a thing and it needs to be talked about. So there are a lot of sketchy venom related businesses devoted to this species specifically in hopes of making some quick money due to their medical relevance of their neurotoxin. So the venom is really hard to come by. So some people will milk these scorpions and sell the venom to medical practices and science. A lot of these scorpion hunters create like scam businesses and sell really impure or poor quality venoms to these people, which is not good. Because if you make an antivenom from a poor quality venom, it's not going to be that. Yeah. Right. So this kind of touches on like the dodgy side of the bug trade, which is a very cool episode that I'm definitely going to be covering in the future that was requested by one of our patrons, Cam. Hey, thanks, Cam. (laughs) But yeah, that's something that we're going to cover later because like it's a big thing. And it touches in a lot of different areas and I can't wait to cover it, it's gonna be so cool.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, I can't wait.
0: Yes, some other things, some other cool things. There are some legal considerations when we're talking about the Deathstalker Scorpion. Owning or possessing one of these may be illegal in your country. I know we talked about the fact that like they are pets here in the US. I don't know that that's legal here in the US. So basically it's due, there are several laws and prohibitations for these kinds of ownerships, specifically due to the danger associated with the animal. And that's true for most dangerous species. If you have something super dangerous, there's probably laws associated with it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you can buy anything on the internet, but just make sure that it's legal in your area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you get caught, you will be fined and they'll take it. It's not good. Um, but yes. So there have been an increased number of laws involving these scorpions, including laws that require permits to have them restricting or completely prohibiting possession of them and in some places it's only allowing places like zoos or licensed education and wildlife facilities to house them so if you're considering getting one of these you should check the laws if you already have one of these you should check the laws (laughs) because yeah because it's it's that's that's something to consider if you're into exotic animals for sure
1: also check if someone near you has anti-venom because this is pretty dangerous unless you got that cork on the tail i mean
0: how are you gonna get it on there though? Um,
1: mm-hmm. Carefully. <laughs> <laughs>
0: carefully. <laughs> I like it. There have been some experiments done with desktop scorpions. I'm sure there's been a lot of experiments done or experiments done with them, but there's been some research that's not medical related. One study they used like nail polish to see what these scorpions use to smell, which is why I know so much about the fact that they use their pinchies and their pedipalps. So they painted their pectins, which are those feathery sensor organs that are on the underside and on the feet. Oh no,
1: it seems like abuse.
0: Yeah, it's not good. Science sometimes is kind of mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then they painted their pedipalps or their pinchers and this allowed them to see which parts of the body that these scorpions use to sense their surroundings. So their findings were that the pinchers actually play a very large role in sensing smell, whereas the pectins play like a much smaller role than they thought.
1: Hmm.
0: Science, science, kind of means Cruel science. science. <laughs> yeah. And that, my friends, is all that I have for you on the Deathstalker scorpion. That
1: was a that was a good one.
0: I'm glad. Cl- I'm glad. Yeah. Thank the you. The
1: Goblin approves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot you were a goblin. Me too. <laughs> Thank you to Kenzo for your request. I'm glad that we could get it in in our Halloween spooky season.
1: Yeah, I hope you liked the episode. And like we said earlier, maybe if your next listener request can be audio and I can try to stick it in there. It seems like a fun little thing to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I actually have another listener request next week. Usually I skip episodes for that, but the next one's so spooky. It's actually a late entry, and I was like, oh, it's too perfect. I have to (laughs) do it for Halloween. So you guys will have, like, a pretty – I'll just say it's gross, and we're going to leave it there. Pretty
1: stacked October.
0: Yeah, best October ever. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I do have some shout-outs. I have two photographers for this one. There is Nathan Jordan underscore photography on Instagram. They have a gorgeous headshot view of this beautiful critter. It's very professional. Their, their photography is like a lot of reptiles and some insects and arachnids. And they put them in like a black background with like a mirror surface. It's like very, very high quality photography. So go check that out. Very cool stuff. Then the second one that I have is, I'm just going to spell it. I think it's herping Lebanon, but... H E R P I N G L E B A N O N. And that's the one that you're looking at, Matt. That's the stunning profile shot of a gravid scorpion female, gravid meaning pregnant. So if you look really close there, Matt, you see how she's like extended. Chunky. Yeah, she's (laughs) chunky because she's got babies in her.
1: Very cool. Yeah, it's a nice photo. Thank you guys for letting us use your photos. It's very helpful for us.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it. I I actually really have gotten to be very fond of going through people's photography to see if they will let me use it because I like looking at cool bugs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that is it. That is uh, my whole episode for you.
1: Very cool. Well, send us home.
0: Okie dokie. Uh, if you want to see these cool photos of the Deathstalker Scorpion, you can look at them on our Instagram at just Bugs Podcast on Instagram. You can also send us a message. If you want to send us a listener request with a cool voice message, you can do that at JustBugsPodcasts at gmail.com. If you don't want to record a voice message, that's cool, too. You can just send us an email. <laughs> but yeah, send us your listener questions. Send us your...
1: Bug stories. Bug
0: stories. Send us anything that you want. I keep getting these cool, like, images of people that are bugs that people have and, like bug requests with pictures that the people have taken. It's been really cool. Very fun for me. I'm very much enjoying that. So keep that stuff up. Thank you for that. And then if you want to support us financially, you're welcome to do so at Patreon, which we are on at JustBugs. No podcast.
1: Just bugs on Patreon.
0: Just bugs on Patreon. We have some cool things over there for you guys. Uh, Polls. And Matt's been making some special content for that. That's going to be released once a month. You're doing great. (laughs) Doing great. Yeah. So go check that out if that's something you're interested in. If not, literally no stress at all. We still appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. If you do like our podcast, you're welcome to share it with your friends. Let your friends know that it exists or rate it and review it.
1: Yes, we've been getting some ratings and reviews. We appreciate them. Uh, It definitely helps us out. So it only takes a second. Yeah, we'll read them all.
0: Yeah, we read every single one of those. And sometimes they make me so happy.
1: We appreciate you all.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. I think that's it. (laughs) Hey, thanks.
1: thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's everything. So. Uh uh thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. It is a humble podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you again. And as always, don't squish bugs.
1: Don't squish bugs. Don't squish bugs. <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, bye guys. <laughs>